Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, the 2021 Game Awards are here. We'll talk about, about them as well as some of the stuff that was announced there. Twitter has fallen for the the old school report spam troll attack. We go ahead and remember some great anime and gaming legends that just recently passed away and also by far the most bizarre Blizzard stories yet. All that more coming today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. This is guys on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know I say that every week, but I mean, I mean, I've probably said this before, but it, it still blows me away. This podcast started one hour, and I used to struggle to fill that hour. Now I have a two-hour time slot I have to fill. And my original struggle before was, you know, hey, I'm going to not be able to fill. Am I going to be able to fill this two hour time slot I have on this on this other show on this other station? Now it's a matter of what two hours of content do I want to put in? I am consistently. Two hours plus now, and that blows me away. Both just in my ability to continue this podcast, to be able to do that much prep work, be able to do all this on the fly, and still be able to put together, I would argue, a better quality show than when I started. And this is kind of just that time of the year where you do this kind of self-reflection. You look back, not just on the past year, but on years prior. And yes, we will have a prediction show. I just need to find where the heck I stashed my predictions. I almost guarantee you I was wrong on all accounts because 2021, much like 2020, has just been absolutely bat squeak insane. But today we're going to change things up a little bit. Normally I start off with all of the danger stories, all the things you really need to start with all the things you need to know well today I don't really have any of those well I do but I'd rather just start with the 2021 game awards and some of the stuff that was announced at it so first off we have a whole bunch of brand new game trailers that were announced and a lot of these I'm going to mispronounce such as Senua Saga Hellblade 2 we had a gameplay reveal trailer there Star Wars Eclipse Wonder Woman official <laughs> the official game nah, I, I gotta anytime you have movie franchise official game Doesn't that immediately, immediately inject dread into whatever it is? Has there ever been an official game officially licensed by the movie and is announced as official game that has ever been good?
the good ones are by far the, the exception rather than the norm. So I have little hope for that. Maybe I'll end up being the new Spider- the, What is it? The Spider-Man Miles Morales game that came out on this PlayStation? I heard that was actually really good. Maybe we've hit a new movie video game renaissance. Or maybe we'll be disappointed. Tunic has a new trailer. Said to launch March 16th, 2022. It's been a while since I've seen it. I haven't had a chance to go over and watch all these trailers again this morning as I'm recording this. Tunic looks freaking adorable. That one I actually am a little curious on how it's going to go. King of Fighters 15. It's a fighting game. Fighting games are not my, my, my cup of tea. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Apparently a video game, not an event. Homeworld 3, The Expanse, a Telltale series. So if you wondered what happened to Telltale, they are back. They are making new games again. I remember that their, uh, their future of existing was up in the air. Alan Wake 2 was announced as a thing that exists. Final Fantasy 7 Remake is coming to the PC with the Integrate DLC. Unfortunately, it is coming to the Epic Game Store. We talked about that way, way long ago, how there was a leak showing that FF7 Remake was going to come out as an Epic Game Store exclusive. With the distance that it's been since that leak happened and this happened, we hoped it was wrong. Turns out, wah, wah. Zone in chat asks, isn't the new Telltale basically a whole new team? It basically is, from what I understand. Granted, it's it's been over a year since I talked about Telltale on, on the uh, on the podcast, but they basically almost went under and was mismanaged into almost complete oblivion until saved by someone. And yeah, I think it pretty much did require like an entire redo, an almost complete redo of the entire team, if not a complete redo of the whole team. So that'll be very interesting to see what this new Telltale does assuming i remembering remembering right remembering that right wow i haven't gotten that tongue-tied on the podcast in a long time sock the hedgehog 2 had a, had an official trailer showing saga frontiers or i'm saga frontiers sonic frontiers saga frontiers i think already had their re-release right Sonic Frontiers had, had a had a, has a trailer. Horizon Forbidden West, of course. Destiny Two, Two has a new expansion. The Witch Queen, Slitherhead, Night Nightingale, The Lord of the Rings, Gollum, Somerville, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, a new DLC for Cuphead, or a brand new game. I'm actually I'm pretty sure it's just DLC. Although if it is actually a whole new game hey i heard um the art direction on cuphead although the game itself i never really touched just because the gameplay just didn't feel for me and let's be perfectly honest unless you really really like 
extremely difficult video games. Cuphead really isn't going to be your cup of tea. Cuphead is very difficult. It is very challenging. And sometimes it can feel unfair. But the art direction Cuphead took is just insane. The amount of work that went into Cuphead is just in its art direction is mind-boggling. So to see it get new content either in the in the form of a new game or a DLC considering the fact that it's you know coming out in June 30th and it's not called Cuphead 2 I'm inclined to think this is DLC but we'll see Space Marine 2 a Warhammer 40k game is going to be coming out neat Warhammer Vermintide the Warriors Priest Tichia, I have no idea how it's, how it's pronounced. We saw a little bit of that in E3, if I remember right. Cute little thing. Suicide Squad, kill, kill the Justice League. Forspoken. Have we seen Forspoken? That no, doesn't matter. A new Saints Row game. Dune, the Spice Wars. Tiny Tina's Wonderland. By the way, as far as uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland go, we discussed this actually on the stream at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Tiny Tina's Wonderland was a game that was inspired by one little, about two hours, three hour DLC that came up for Borderlands 2, where you're basically playing a game themed around a very whimsical dnd like setting they went ahead and re-released just the dlc and it's on sale right now it's probably over by not by the time you're listening to this for like five bucks five bucks i would definitely pick it up for ten dollars as the initial price is i wouldn't pick it up god for ten bucks you could probably actually get borderlands 2 and the dlc for that fact i would just go that route personally but that's something to think of. If, if you're interested in, in Borderlands and you haven't played Tiny Tina's Dragon Keep, do it. Strong recommend. Among Us VR actually was announced. I thought it was a meme when I first heard about it. Genshin Impact had, had a new character reveal. Steel Rising, a new RPG from Spiders. Metal Hellsinger. Star Trek Resurgence, a new Star Trek game from the former Telltale developers. Now, as good of a, as a TV series as a lot of the old school Star Trek you was, I can't think of a single good Star Trek game. And I'm probably wrong in this. And there's probably just been like some diamond in the rough I've missed all these years, but... God, when you think video games, Star Trek just never seems to just come out with anything, like, amazing. And it seems like a massive missed opportunity. A new, another look at Rumbleverse. The, pla the Plague Tale Requiem. 
Dying Light 2, Stay Human, Crossfire X, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, GTFO, that is actually a game, not my my uh, my eagerness for you to stop listening. You should absolutely continue to w- w- listen to this podcast. Halo t- TV show, we got another look at that. Yes, I too am still blown away that there's going to be a Halo TV series for reasons that cannot be explained. Rocket League got a new DLC look. Elden Ring, of course, a lot of MMO people are looking forward to that. The Matrix, the Matrix, the Matrix Awakens, a quote, Unreal Engine 5 experience, a look at the Matrix Resurrections, Arc Raiders, a story we'll talk about later on, because the, the Pub, PUBG goes free. Look forward, PUBG goes free to play. We'll talk more about that later on, assuming we get to it. There's a lot to dig in about PUBG going free to play. Lost Ark, Persona 4, Arena, Arena Ultimix. Thirsty Suitors, I feel dirty just saying that. Synced Off Planet, Dove V, Babylon's Fall, Planet of Lana, Have a Nice Death. And that is everything that had a look at at the Game Awards reveals. Now, for the most part, a lot of these are just kind of eh, pretty expected. Oh, hey, look, a new game here. And that, like I said, one of the more surprising things was the Final Fantasy VII remake finally coming to PC. The interesting thing about this one is there's something with people looking forward to massive game announcements and expecting Final Fantasy. And it is something about the fan base that always drives me insane. Every time we look at these sort of game announcements, we expect like, oh man, is this where we're going to see some news about this version of Final Fantasy or that version of Final Fantasy? Hey, are we going to finally see FF16? And we keep forgetting 99 times out of 100 every time we expect that they never do it. We continue to forget that Square, pretty much the only time they announce brand new stuff is either A, once every 10 years at E3, B, occasionally on on a Sony exclusive uh, event, or C, on their own platform for whatever reason. We've already seen this with Dragon Quest. We've already seen this kind of thing just kind of come out on press releases and that sort of thing. Very, very rarely does Final Fantasy ever get announced at something like a Game Awards, like at PAX East or PAX West or anything like that. So 
So to actually see FF7 Remake PC announced here, and it was very minor. I mean, it's big, but it's still, when push comes up, it's minor. That also being said, I like the move. I'm glad they finally did bring it to PC, because let's be honest right now. You're not going to be able to get your hands on a PS5. It's hard enough to get your hands on older consoles right now. It's hard enough to get your hands on any consoles right now. So to go ahead and say, hey, you know, you want to play this. Here you go. Here's the specs. Downscale yourself as much as you need to to play on whatever hardware you've got. And I'm, gl- I'm glad they did it, even though it is unfortunately on a platform that I absolutely detest. So it's good to see that sort of thing. Now, for the actual awards themselves, these were very interesting. I'm actually going to skip over all of the... You know, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up because IGN, who I'm pulling these results from, put them in a very weird order. Well, they didn't put it in a weird order. They put it in a very user-friendly order, I'll put it, which is actually kind of surprising. So we'll start most anticipated game, Elden Ring 1. I'm not too surprised about that. I figured either Elden Ring or the sequel to the Breath of the Wild was going to win. One of the two. Maybe Forbidden West, but the hype for Forbidden West seems to have died down. I'm going to skip over all the esports awards. Nobody cares. Content creator of the year went to Dream, mostly because the other four nominees I've never heard of. So given those choices there, guess what was going to win? Best multiplayer game went to It Takes Two. This is apparently a co-op game that is, we talked about it before the last time the awards came out. I still have never seen or, or, or played this game, but I am told it is a very good co-op couch experience. So it's nice to see that get, get, get another nod best sim or strategy game age of empires Four. Best sports or racing game, it went to Forza Horizon 5. You're going to hear Forza Horizon 5 a lot, by the way. Best family game, it takes two. Best fighting game, went to Guilty Gear Strive. I'm not too surprised, especially with the sheer amount of Guilty Gear Strive memes that hit the internet. It does not surprise me at all that it won. Granted, all those memes is Jacko's fault. Best RPG. Now. Let's talk about the timing of the awards for a minute. The awards were just announced. Last Friday. Or last Thursday, actually, was when they were announced. The awards are done by vote. By the people. Before the awards were announced. 
Best RPG went to Tales of Arise. I heard Tales of Arise was actually really good. But considering your other competition was Cyberpunk 2077, which... Yeah, that suffered pretty hard from bad launch syndrome. Monster... Monster... Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, and Shin Megami Tensei Five. in addition to Tales of Arise. It wasn't really too much of a surprise that Tales of Arise won. You know what I think would have won? If it launched a few weeks earlier? Endwalker. I really, really do. And it might just, and it might just be, you know, a little bit of self-bias there. But at the same time, I mean, and Walker unfortunately launched in this weird space for getting awards. Is launched at the end of the year this year, which means it's going to be pretty much ignored next year for awards and pretty much missed pretty much missed the dead and pretty much hit the dead period for this year but at the same time i mean let's be let's also be perfectly honest the only thing these awards give you is bragging rights Do you know anyone that decide that that now heard? Oh man, Tales of Rise was voted best RPG of 2021. Are you gonna play it now? No, you were either gonna play it before because the game looked interesting to you, or because some, or because a friend said you should totally pick it up. You don't care what the popular opinion of the Game Awards says. But that is my thoughts on the best RPG. Tales of Rise is the winner. Best action adventure game went to Metroid Dread. I am not too surprised about that. Best action game went to Returnal. I know nothing about that. Innovation and accessibility went to Forza Horizon 5. Again, showing up. This one also, I do believe, is earned. I I do recall, and it's been a long time since I actually looked into it, but I have heard that Forza went through, went above and beyond to give a lot of compatibility for various different kinds of controllers, whether standardized or the non-standard accessibility sort of controllers you see. So to see Forza Horizon 5 win this award, not surprising at all. Best VR AR game went to Resident Evil 4. Kind of surprised, but okay. Best community support. If you've been paying attention right now to this podcast at all and the coverage of what a breath of fresh air 
certain developers are. It should come as no surprise that best community support went to FF14. It should come as literally no surprise. Recon recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness. Yeah. No surprise at all. Best mobile game went to Genshin Impact. Best debut indie game went to Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Best indie game went to Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I kind of wonder what's the point. Um, of having those two titles. Best ongoing game awarded to a game for outstanding development and ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Again, if you've heard me talk about the insane story of how FF14 went from the black eye on Square Enix to its most profitable game by bar none in the entire company it's final fantasy 14 obviously you know what still surprised me though i have always said that battle royales brought out the most toxic players brought out just the worst of the worst people there are a ton on a ton of people on Twitter that are just Fortnite diehards that said that Fortnite should have won that. You want to talk about an echo chamber? That's your echo chamber. Because let's be honest, Fortnite, the only thing you've gotten are new maps and skins. That's it. And I admit, I have been, I, I dove face first into FF14 after, after realizing just how much it has improved over the years. So I do admit there's a bit of confirmation bias in all this, but at the same time, I'm willing to look at what Final Fantasy XIV used to be and what it is now and know that it absolutely deserves this award which, as I said before, really doesn't matter a whole lot, doesn't affect much of anything, and really is just bragging rights. But to the other competitors of Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact, Apex Legends and Fortnite both, let's be honest, your, your updates have been minimal at best. Genshin Impact absolutely fell face first and tripped over themselves on their own anniversary update. And Call of Duty, let's uh, let's be perfectly honest. Recent events involving the developers of Call of Duty have pretty much barred them from winning anything lately. There's a decent, there, there could be a chance. I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to call of duty. It's not my type of game. There's a decent chance. Maybe call of duty has, has actually had plenty of updates and would have taken the award from FF 14. Maybe I doubt it, but it's possible. 
but it's not going to matter because no one is going to let a single Blizzard game win anything and get any kind of credits for the kind of nonsense that's going on. And do keep listening because I do have some big, horrifying updates in regards to Activision Blizzard. Yes, it gets worse. Games for Impact for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Oh boy. That went to Life is Strange True Colors. Not too surprised on that one. Best Performance went to Maggie Robertson of Resident Evil Village. Not too surprising. Best Audio Design went to Forza Horizon 5. Best Score went to Near Replicant. Again, I do wonder if Endwalker did release earlier, would we see Endwalker on this list? That actually would be a good question. I also wonder who would win. Near or FF14 Endwalker? That'd be a tough one. Zone of Jets, Nier has definitely... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nier has very good music. OG, Nier, Nier Replicant, and Nier Automata, both just mind-blowing music. Absolutely amazing stuff. Best art direction went to game, went to Death Loop again. Not too surprising there. Best narrative went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Interesting. Best game direction went to Death Loop and Game of the Year. Oddly enough, went to It Takes Two. So that is the 2021 Video Games Awards. I did not expect to take the entire first segment of the podcast talking about the Game Awards, but here we are. So we're going to take our break here, and when we come back, get into some of the interesting stories. Update on the Apple versus Epic case, and much, much more. Welcome back, Eli's on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, the Ep- the Apple versus Epic Games court case. If you thought this was going to leave, you clearly haven't been listening to me. You clearly haven't. Because of course it was going to be back. How could it not? There is, of course, a pending appeal. But the one thing that Apple won in all, or the one thing that Epic won in all this, I should say, was the fact that Apple was required to actually provide additional payment methods in the form of a button. 
But this, of course, would shake up the entire App Store industry. And Apple's been looking for any kind of way to not do that. Well, they finally won what is called a stay. What is a stay? A stay means that whatever the verdict is, they do not have to do it until the pending appeal is heard and decided. Stays are actually very common in the, in the U.S. court system, especially if the appeals court believes when looking over a case for an appeal that the previous court got it wrong and plans to swap it. That, does that mean necessarily the appeals court is going to reverse anything in the Apple versus Epic case? No. It just means that the appeals court believes that they, they deserve another look rather than just saying, yeah, no, this is already a foregone conclusion. We're going to side this way. Just do it now. And we're not going to give you the stay. So that is the latest update on that. Apple does not have to implement alternative payment methods on the app store. And thus all of us hoping for cheaper options on bad mobile games are not going to get it. Seriously, I really do want some better mobile games out there. It is just terrible. What's going on out there? Meanwhile, over at Microsoft, they have fixed the SSD and hard drive write speed bug in Windows 11. Yes, the public beta that, is, that you can pay for and is still, for reasons that cannot be explained, a actual piece of software that's considered finish just had fixes done to be able to read storage correctly. You can't make this up, folks. Good job, Microsoft. You did it. You did it. Oh, my. They were nowhere close with, with, with Windows 11, were they? They were nowhere close to being ready to launch Windows 11. Not at all. It is incredible. It really, really is. But in any case, hey, now it can read disk drives correctly. Meanwhile, also in Microsoft, the Xbox Windows app will soon tell you how well games will play on your PC. I actually am curious how well this will work. I really, I legitimately, unironically am. 
because one of the things that's always difficult for those who are not computer savvy to know, can my computer run this? How much PC do I need to run this, that, and the other thing? It's, I hear it constantly. Not as much nowadays, seen as how no one can upgrade their PC at all, so no one can know, hey, do I get a 3050 or a 2080? I'm told 2080 is better, but it's 1,000 less. You hear it all the time for those who are not in the know, and that's honestly fine. I say it time and time again, I don't expect everyone to understand NVIDIA's naming scheme, especially after after the 2000 series. Like, come on, how many of you, how many of you would know there is not much difference between the GTX 1660 Ti and the RTX 2060? There's still probably plenty of you listening to me right now that would think there's not that, that there's a world of difference, an entire generation possibly even, between the 1660 Ti and the 2060. They actually perform very similarly, by the way. Not that matters because neither graphic card exists. Just like no graphic cards exist. But I digress. This update to the Windows... The Xbox Windows app, I for one, welcome. And I'm very curious how well it will work in the future. It'll be very, very interesting, to say the least. By the way, Xbox Game Pass for PC is now just called the PC Game Pass. Why did you not just call it Xbox PC Game Pass? Keep your branding in there. Was that too many syllables? I guess that kind of is. Or the Xbox PC Pass. This is a very odd move. I can kind of see why they did it. But I think this is going to cause some confusion and possibly... Someone might sue. Just because of the drop of the Xbox branding and trying to imply this is the only pass for PCs. We will see, though. That is my guess on how this is going to go down. I foresee some serious... Serious complaining and lawsuits. However, over in Twitter land, Twitter has fallen for one of the oldest tricks in the book. Twitter has confirmed they have suspended counts in error because of coordinated and malicious report account reports. 
I would have thought Twitter would have had better tools in place than to go ahead and just fall under the exact same kind of problems that a game like New World has. You want to know what? You want to know what goes on in New World for PvP? The game New World, which is owned by Amazon, by the way, went ahead and tried to automate so much of itself. If you just spam and report a player, if they get enough reports, they are banned on the spot automatically. And that's now the new weapon in PvP battles. You just spam report on players you don't like. No actual gameplay ends up taking place. It's a matter of everyone tattletaling on everyone until bots remove them. Twitter fell for that! Good job. Good job, Twitter. You managed to fall for the same nonsense. That a bad MMO fell for. Incredible. Absolutely. In. Incredible. And now we move on to some somber news. I'm going to tell you this in order. All right. Cowboy Bebop. On Netflix. Has been canceled. It got one season. And that was it. You want a hot take? After watching how well it went? I think this was a salvageable show. It had problems. And almost all of them stemmed from the writing team. The actors played their roles amazingly. The settings and all that done pretty well. There's only one exception in the actor roster... And I blame that pretty much exclusively on the character director. But this writing team, maybe they're good writers, but they were not the, they were not the writers this show needed because the writing was awful. And the actors could only do w- deal with what they were given, and they were given garbage. The only exception, and this is a bit of a spoiler, was the exp- the introduction of Radical Edward at the very last moments of the last episode. They had Ed be as cartoony as the character is in the show. And that just does not land 
in a live action show. You can get away with those kind of movements in a cartoon, in an anime, in an animated feature. But if you go ahead and introduce that kind of behavior in something live action, it looks wrong. That was pretty much the only character casting and the only character direction that was given that I think was just... No. Just no. You could have toned it, toned it down a little bit, and it probably would have worked. So, it is kind of a shame. Of all of the anime Netflix adaptations I have seen Netflix do, Cowboy Bebop was the best I have seen so far out of Netflix. There might be some better ones they've done, but as far as the ones I've seen, that it was the best. And it is kind of sad to see this go, because it, it was an operation that could have been salvaged. It really was. But it is now completely gone. And then, unfortunately, the next day, Kaiko Nobumoto, the writer of Cowboy Bebop, the original series, Tokyo Godfathers, Macross Plus, as well as the as well as the creator of Wolf's Reign, passed away at the age of 57. I apologize for that bit of distraction there, but um, my Echo Dot kept going off. So I had to unplug it. So before anyone says it was the other way around, this is the end, the order the news was announced. Cowboy Bebop on Netflix was canceled. And then the original writer of Cowboy Bebop passed away. I might have to actually just go ahead and binge old school Cowboy Bebop. Maybe that'll be my nighttime watch for a while. Some good times. And while we're on the subject of remembering old legends, Masayuki Umura, which I have most likely mispronounced, has passed away at the age of 78. The original creator of the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And at the same time, his inventions and the stuff he's worked on, I shouldn't say his inventions, but the, the end result of what he's created will live on 
quite possibly indefinitely with the way that emulation and retro enthusiasts are going nowadays. Pretty much until possibly the end of time. So, we wanted to go ahead here and give a proper nod to both titans in their industries. Do you think there'll ever be a time? I mean, th- I mean the only way that re-releases of the classics on the NES and the Super NES stop is if Nintendo goes under. And just the way that Nintendo seems to bounce back even when they seem like they're down. Unless they are mismanaged to the level that Activision Blizzard is, I don't see Nintendo dying, like, anytime soon. I really, really don't. I wish some of their practices would move on and evolve with the times. But it's not happening anytime soon with no good segue I bring you this bit of oddball news someone is running hundreds of malicious servers on the Tor network Tor also referred to as the onion router is a network that anonymizes all traffic And what's even better is that these hundreds of malicious servers on the Tor network might also be de-anonymizing users. Cool, thanks, I hate it. So glad we got to have this talk. Oh boy. Because you know, that's what I needed right there. I needed the I needed the Tor network to just suddenly uh, not do the one thing it's supposed to do. Awesome, just straight up awesome. And also, you know, another thing that's uh, a big deal as far as Tor goes: the Kremlin is blocking traffic on the Tor network. Now, why would that matter? A large amount of the Tor network is in Russia. Yeah. That's, uh... That could be a problem. Going ahead and blocking almost all of the frickin' traffic going on in the Tor network. Some of it good, some of it bad, let's be perfectly honest. A lot of people trying to leak out information on the Tor network, and a lot of other people use it to go peddle drugs. So, I mean, let's... Let's be perfectly honest. So, you know, 
bad news for Tor. But it is what it is. Last story before we get to our next break. Actually, no, I take that back. We're going to plow through and get a few few more in. I know I'm going pretty fast, but a lot of these are also, you know, pretty quick stories. And like I said, there is a lot to get to. Tesla is now allowing their in-car video games to be played while the drivers operate in the vehicle. I'm going to start fearing Teslas. Oh, first self-driving is just being allowed without it, you know, going through any kind of proper testing whatsoever. Now we're just going to allow driver distractions by having video games play on the only screen. I want to remind you on a lot of these Teslas, there is only one screen. And that's supposed to be your gauge cluster as well. Because, of course, Tesla knows what's best. And screw you if you think you need an instrument cluster that's going to tell you what. What is what, how the operation of your vehicle's going. You know, one of the most important things you need to know about your vehicle. But you're, you don't have it anymore because your buddy next to you is playing solitaire on your instrument cluster. Oh, but it's a self-driving. It has a, it has autopilot. It's fine. No, it doesn't have autopilot. It's adaptive cruise control. Well, actually, it does have autopilot because all auto all autopilot actually is, which is why the autopilot name actually makes sense for Tesla's car. Is it maintains course and altitude? That's it. In in airplanes, obviously. And all autopilot does in your Tesla is keep you in the lane and go forward. Chat wants to know how these are not street legal, how these are street legal now. And the answer is, I don't know. So much of what Tesla is trying just makes me want to just makes me lose my mind. I don't know how the Tesla plaid is allowed to exist with no turn signal stocks with almost all of your buttons be textile less capacitive buttons on your steering wheel. I don't know how that's allowed. I don't know how the Cybertruck's supposed to come out without any kind of crumple zones whatsoever because the whole thing is just cold rolled steel. I don't get how Tesla thinks that just a single light bar on the front of the vehicle is fine. I don't get how Tesla thinks that no gauge cluster is perfectly fine. I don't get how how DOT has not cracked down on Tesla for beta testing, not ready and dangerous software on the roads is perfectly fine. I don't get how that's how that's allowed. I don't get any of it. I really, really don't.
and just more and more and more. It just blows me away. Someone in chat says, I don't know how it is in the US, but in, in Canada, testing any such distraction by the driver while driving is actually illegal and can get you fined or arrested. A car that provides that would mean that any such car would instantly lose any kind of street. Oh, I'm sorry. Texting or any such, or they meant tech, texting, not testing. Any such distraction by the driver while driving, while driving is illegal and can get you fined or arrested. A car that provides that would mean that any such car would instantly lose street legality. So, I don't think there is a federal law here in the States for that kind of thing. I do know that here in my state, the state of Wisconsin, and most other states have laws like this, that if you have any kind of device that is either built in the car or showing that has anything but information on it essential for your driving such as a gps it is not allowed at all and you will get ticketed and fined for it so let's say i go ahead i I have my phone up in like up in like a holder and i'm watching futurama i will get pulled over and i will get fined If I have my phone up and it has, say, a GPS open, that is fine. If I have, say, my phone up and it has just on the screen of it what its camera sees on a wide-angle lens, while the phone itself is recording what I'm saying while broadcasting what people in a live chat are saying... That is also fine because the only thing that is a distraction on there is just showing me exactly what is out my front windshield. That's it. So that's how it works here in the state of Wisconsin. Many other states here in the United States have very, very similar laws, but there is nothing like blanket nationally like that that would prohibit this sort of thing. So. Tesla's playing with fire. They really, really are. And granted, Tesla playing with fire is nothing new. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, some YouTube news and some crypto news. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. YouTube has published its very first copyright transparency report, which offers a glimpse into how YouTube has been managing copyright. One of the things that's been infamous about the way YouTube has been operating is that if you're going to go ahead and get a video up on YouTube, there's a high chance it's going to get flagged for copyright infringement. 
because the system is so badly abused. But dealing with the YouTube system is still better than dealing with a lawsuit. Unless you're one particular YouTube creator who had 150 of his parody videos copyright struck by Toei Animation. That guy is still dealing with it to this day. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Big problem, big problem. And of course, you want to know how bad it is? The first half of 2021, there has been a staggering 99% of copyright action, action, oh, I'm sorry, I read this wrong. 99% of all copyright actions have resulted from automatic content ID systems. This is not, this is no surprise. This is not what I was expecting. I thought it was a different statistic because there is a statistic in here saying that a large number of these have been false positives. I mean, let's be honest. Who's, who's really surprised? Who is surprised at all that a large number of these have been Incorrect. What is really surprising is that of uh, all these claims, 718,951,550 claims were undisputed and were filed via content ID. This is the automated system that, that YouTube has. And of those... 3,000,000 were disputed. That's less than 1% of these sort of claims actually get fought back. So for one, I actually do appreciate this kind of transparency. And I do think YouTube should do a lot more of it. Far too many companies lately want to just have everything they run happen in secrecy. They don't want to explain any part of themselves. None at all. Zip, zero, nada. And all it leads to is distrust. You look at Final Fantasy XIV right now. They are having huge congestion problems. In one week, in one week, you have had three update reports from the game director himself saying what the ongoing situation is, how to avoid errors, what they're working on, and giving you up to date as to why things are what they are. See, YouTube kind of following that same sort of footsteps is, again, it is a welcome breath of fresh air. And I do want to hear more about how YouTube moving forward wants to go ahead and help fix all this. 
What I will say is I would strongly recommend that YouTube inv invest more actual manpower into handling copyright rather than automated systems. Because a lot of these automated systems are being abused heavily. All right. So we're done praising YouTube. Let's bash YouTube. YouTube has announced a new year-end event. They call it Escape 2021. So we are going to get 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 a rewind. It's just this time it's a live event. But but You know what's really suspicious about it? 100% of the likes and dislikes I see are now likes. That must be it's a really positive video. Because the dislikes aren't there. This live event is going to get disliked to the moon. I guarantee it. And the, the reason we obvious because they disabled the ability for us to see dislikes. I still cannot stress enough how bad of a decision this was. Just say, you know what? You don't need to see dislikes. It's promoting chain dislikes. No, it's promoting chain dislikes. The fact we can't see them. So now they're going to send a message. And I swear, if YouTube's going to be so dumb as to think, wow, they really disliked this video. I guess we'll never do any, any end-year stuff. I don't know what to tell them. I really don't. <sighs> what can you do? What can you do? I guess SMH. That's, that's pretty much all I can do. That's all I can say. We'll have to see down the road how this all pans out. But hey, there'll be a new new year new year end live event. I really do hope YouTube backs away from the no dislikes thing. The other thing is the fact it's a live event. Rather than going ahead and saying it's going to be a high production video on demand like previous years. To go ahead and say, hey, we're trying to go all in on live gaming. We're trying to actually compete with, with Twitch, which is floundering around right now. We're going to go ahead and make this a live event. It's a good move. It's a good move. Now give us our dislike ability back. Should we talk about NFTs? 
Let's talk about NFTs. Ubisoft has created an NFT platform. It is called Quartz. And this NFT platform lets you purchase digital goods and equip these digital goods in games. These digital goods are called digits and will, of course, be supported by an unknown blockchain. So this is what it's come to. Cosmetic goods, purchasables with real, no- real money, with a limited artificial scarcity. I hate this. I hate this so much. I hate this. From the concept of a video gaming perspective, the fact that there's artificial scarcity supported by NFTs for cosmetic goods in a game so now your completionist sort of mentality, your collection sort of mentality in video games is now impossible because of this not only that but the environmental impact on this means that these goods just by existing put more strain on the blockchain and therefore consume power by simply existing And then, of course, what happens when the, when the particular blockchain they're supported by collapses? But it's okay. It's a non-centralized marketplace. Except it's centralized because it's owned by Ubisoft. It's centralized in one location. Your stupid freaking non-centralized argument is completely invalid when the one place that it is is centralized. On top of that, the only thing it's sort of in the freaking blockchain as is a link straight back to Ubisoft's Quartz's centralized database. Your stupid freaking argument from these freaking moron crypto bros that are just so die hard into the whole technology want to go, oh, it's decentralized, therefore it's good. It's not! And you've locked your your freaking moron brain so much in your own stupid bubble that you can't even see the whole concept of being decentralized is completely null and void because I was centralized by one company, Quartz. In one platform. But hey, it's fine because I can go sell the thing I was sucker into buying to another sucker and get more money between my sucker bros who are all dumb enough to buy into this stupid pyramid scam in the first place. 
And the only winner in it all is going to be freaking Ubisoft because they see how, how much of a stupid idiot you are. Can you tell my patience for crypto bros has run out? The only thing that this platform does right for NFTs is that, you know what? I can't steal it. I can't steal your stupid mask for a game no one will care about in a year. I can't steal your stupid cosmetic skin for your automatic rifle in a game no one will care about in a year. But hey, it has the letters NFT next to it, so why not just go, go all in? It's bound to be worth something down the road because enough enough of you freaking morons continue to buy into it because you refuse to learn. Because enough of you stupid morons keep buying from each other to give yourself confirmation bias. And you know what the worst part is? The worst part about all this is I wouldn't care if it weren't for the fact that I know that this kind of hot scam garbage is going to leak out into every other game down the road. Because in the end, money talks. Whether, regardless of whatever country you're in, money is king. And if it's profitable, people will buy into it. And enough idiots are going to buy into this to make it profitable, which will justify EA going into it, which will justify Take-Two going into it, which will then start convincing other people who are on the fence about it to go go in on it. And I really, really, really do hope that Valve remains rock solid about being anti blockchain in games. But as though Ubisoft moving over to NFTs wasn't stupid enough, now I get the wonderful joy of saying that Kickstarter is also going to move its its crowdfunding platform to, quote, the blockchain. I just can't even.
Kickstarter, here's the article from TechCrunch. Crowdfunding platform Kickstarter is making a big bet on the blockchain, announcing plans to create an open source protocol that will essentially create a decentralized version of Kickstarter's core functionality, the company says. The goal says the goal is for multiple platforms to embrace the protocol, including eventually Kickstarter.com. Cool. We're going to go ahead and make apps decentralized and powered by a bunch of idiots with GPUs. That's basically what they're saying. They're saying that rather than hosting their own servers, get every other sucker who, who powers a blockchain to power their website instead. You know what? You do that. You deserve whatever the heck money you waste investing in this nonsense goes for you. Because, of course, I mean, it's decentralized. It's flawless. It's impossible to steal an NFT. It's impossible to steal a source code in a blockchain. It's impossible to steal cryptocurrency. So it's all fine, right? Who cares? It's all just decentralized, all, all this, that, and the other thing. Therefore, it's vastly superior. There definitely was never a bug that allowed a hacker to steal 31 million US dollars in digital currency. That's never a thing that happened. Oh, wait. Yes, it did. Granted, this is old news, but, you know, before we start going around and saying, hey, the blockchain is so rock solid. It's foolproof. Yeah, no, it isn't. But while we're on the topic of better heists, how about $196 million worth of cryptocurrency stolen from BitMart? Look at how foolproof the blockchain is. Look at how impossible it is to steal cryptocurrency it is. Absolutely flawless, everyone says. $196 million worth of cryptocurrency, which by now is worth about $150 million dollars. Because here's the thing with cryptocurrency, and this is something that people don't realize. The value of cryptocurrency, because it's decentralized, it has no way of maintaining a solid value. 
as you start selling this crypto to actually be used in money that is actually accepted by normal people that aren't idiots, the value of it goes down. Your theoretical 196 million, by the time you get it out, is going to be 50 million. The value of this cryptocurrency already dipped a ton because, hey, look, it's already been stolen. So what did people do? They sold theirs because they because they have more faith in the cash in hand being worth something rather than your fake money. But of course, your stupid monkey profile picture on Twitter, that's obviously worth 60K. We're going to take, uh, no, actually, you know what? No, one more story. One, there's one more story I have to talk about. And that is my growing love of Keanu Reeves. Normally, when it comes to celebrities, a lot of them buy in to whatever the cool thing is and just what whatever the next stupid thing is that threads around Hollywood, like, oh my God, have you tried sour cream on the face? It restores all, all it restores your entire skin tone. Like every single bad internet meme, I swear, originates from Hollywood and just it spreads like wildfire among celebrities. And it's one of the reasons why I really don't buy into like a lot of the fanboying or fangirling over celebrities. Because the moment you start digging into them, you find out they're really, really weird people. Keanu Reeves despite not knowing Kung Fu really did just start showing that he really does have a very nice, wholesome meme Lord side to him at E3 a few years ago during when cyberpunk 2077 was announced officially for realsies with of course the know your breathtaking kind of attitude. Well, he had an art, he had an interview with the verge and I'll give the Verge some credit. And the little bit I've seen, they actually were fairly unverge-like and seemed to actually do a very non-biased interview trying to give both sides. Keanu Reeves had wanted none of this. Because apparently the the studio behind the newest Matrix film... We're selling NFTs associated with the movie for $50 a pop. And one of the things that actually caught the internet by storm was Keanu pointing out that every single one of these NFTs, despite the fact the interviewer said create artificial digital scarcity because they cannot be duplicated. Keanu then fired back with, but they can be easily recreated. (laughs) 
he's not wrong. Copy image, save to, save to disk. And guess what? You will have it longer in that manner than the person who faves at $50 for the NFT. Because I once again want to remind you, and again, this is the thing that drives me absolutely insane when it comes to the crypto bros out there. When you buy an NFT, the only thing you have bought is a randomly generated serial number and a link. That's it. If the host site that that link goes to goes down, stops existing, or just poofs out of existence, you own nothing. Zip. Zero. Nada. And the troll who went ahead and screenshotted your NFT has more ownership of that picture than you do. And even these that are officially sponsored by the studio. It doesn't matter. Because the same technology in the end. The exact, exact same. Someone in chat says, to be fair, you now own a broken link in a serial number. Yes. Good job. You have a, you know, you are now the proud owner of a 404 error code. Well worth the 10 grand you spent on what was originally a badly drawn monkey. We're going to take our last break here. And when we come back, Activision Blizzard. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Just... What is going on at Activision Blizzard? Just when you think they can't get any weirder, any stranger... They continue to just... Exceed all expectations. That's the only other way I can describe this. Activision Blizzard has put out what they're calling an active, transparent dialogue between leaders and employees. Which is going to be totally better than the unionization that, uh, that is being contemplated right now between employees. So right now, I'll be fully transparent when it comes to my thoughts on unionization. I believe unionization should be a last resort considered by employees because there are 
way too often union organizations that try to force a union in for the sole purpose of just siphoning off money and then provide no benefits. There has been plenty of stories here in my state of that sort of thing happening. At the same time, there have been plenty of other instances where a union has come in and made life a lot better and actually were helpful to the employees in the bad working conditions. That also being said, I am a business owner. My business, however, only has about eight employees, including myself. We are a very small operation. And with a few minor exceptions, we all get along with each other. And if there's any problems, we just go ahead and just settle our differences. With words, not with taking people out back and punching them, no matter how much we want to do that. And if there's a problem with with equipment, we go ahead and take care of it. That's just all there is to it. We look for a temporary fix, or we look for a permanent one, or we take the piece of equipment offline. That's all there is to it. So that is where I come from in regards to business operations. All right. I feel it is important to get that out of the way. I am not a multi-million dollar organization. I wish I was, but I'm not. Just a small little production plant. So when Blizzard so when Blizzard goes around and says that um, you know, conditions are fine, you shouldn't be unionizing, I think it's laughable. We've already seen reports time and time again about sexual harassment being rampant inside of Activision Blizzard. Frat boy behavior during work hours. I am being very distracted right now by a squirrel right outside my studio window. Holy cow, that is distracting. In any any case, with all the sexual harassment allegations, when you see report after report after report after report of massive numbers of terminations go through Blizzard... people being told hey we need you to move out to and relocate your entire life to a new state to work at this office only to then a couple weeks later terminate you
at that point, what do you got to lose by trying to get a union in? Literally nothing. There's literally no reason not to at that point. So for Blizzard to go ahead and start this active campaign to say, hey, no union is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, go go ahead. Try to go ahead and, and talk about how a union is a bad thing after all this. And once again, the fact that Activision Blizzard is only taking care of all of this now, now that's been brought to light, just makes it seem so, so much worse. And more and more, the talk of asking employees to consider the consequences of unionizing just rings hollow, absolutely and utterly hollow. More and more QA testers are starting to organize walkouts, and they should. They really should. Also, I want to remind you, um, Bobby Kotick said he would step down if he does not settle employee relations in a swift manner. Uh-huh. So when are you stepping down, Kotick? Come on, Bobby. It's time to step down. He still has no idea. He really doesn't. And the fact he continues to just play this game of everything's fine. Don't unionize. Uh, the, everything will be will improve. Trust me. You continue firing QA testers. You continue to do more and more budget slashes while forcing ma massive profits. Dude. I get that cuts need to be made during certain times. But you gotta look at the optics, man. Look at your income, look at your expenses, look at the end result, and then also look at the fact that you are being monitored under a freaking public PR microscope. And you go ahead and let go so many of your QA tests. Look at your games for crying out loud.
You're churning out the same garbage day after day after day on your call on your freaking Call of Duty franchise. The Blizzard side of things, you have World of Warcraft unable to figure out what the heck they're doing. Of all the people that need to be fired, your entire World of Warcraft team needs to be fired and overhauled for the blatant amount of just straight up plagiarism they have been doing of their competition and not even doing a good job of trying to hide it. Like that team is done. And they are embarrassing the entire company with the absolute utter failure that the World of Warcraft team has done. But no, let's get rid of the quality of life testers. Let's get rid of the QA testers that make sure the game is freaking playable. Not the people who are freaking driving the brands into the ground. To say that Activision Blizzard is being mismanaged is a gross understatement. The first thing that should have been done was a complete overhaul of the HR staff. That should have been the first thing done. And that should have been made as public as possible. Not just some, oh, hey, we made a few hires and fires there. We brought in a firm that looks sketchy AF and decided, oh, hey, uh, here's a zero tolerance policy. By the way, that zero tolerance doesn't apply to Bobby Kotick. And we're going to publicly say it doesn't apply, apply to Bobby Kotick, thus negating the whole meaning of the word zero tolerance. But no, let's go ahead and cut QA testers after having to move to a different state. Unbelievable. Un-freaking-believable. And that doesn't even get to some of the other working conditions which we're going to get to next. So, yeah, I would say that Activision Blizzard deserves a union. Whether it be a good or bad union, it can't get worse. It really, really can't get worse. If it ends up being a fat cat union that doesn't do anything other than siphon paychecks. Well, guess what? The quality of life you had at Activision Blizzard hasn't gone down. It's pretty much stayed exactly the same. Someone in chat says it could get worse if the union ends up in the leadership's pocket. I would say it stays out exactly the same. And then your first thought of leaving Activision Blizzard to go literally anywhere else is now even more justified.
Now let's also look at this from the business standpoint. On the Activision side, Call of Duty is going nowhere. It's pretty much just generating roughly the same amount of money year after year after year. And as I've said before, if you aren't growing, you're shrinking. And that's kind of the state that Call of Duty is in right now. They're not growing. Thus, they are shrinking. The Blizzard side of things, they are absolutely shrinking. World of Warcraft, as more people are waiting for Endwalker to kind of be out there enough that people can start talking publicly about the things they have seen in Endwalker. I'll just tell you this right now. I'm not going to I'm not going to share details cuz it is spoilers. But the amount of blatant plagiarism in WoW's latest patch compared to Final Fantasy 14's expansion that's been in the works for years is disgustingly blatant. There is not I I kid you not, there is not an original thought Anywhere in World of Warcraft 9.2. And honestly, referencing other things is fine. As long as you bring something new to the table, bring a new spin to it, or at least take a concept and improve upon it. None of that is present in World of Warcraft 9.2. And as I said earlier, I think that entire game direction staff and that writing staff in World of Warcraft needs to be gone. There is a time to fire someone in a company and it's when they are hurting you. Bobby Kotick is hurting the company. He needs to be gone. The World of Warcraft writing team is hurting the company. They are hurting the brand. They are hurting the game and they need to be gone. The quality testers that you go ahead and move all the way out to my home state and then terminate them after a week of work. And while you're going ahead and deciding who is and isn't going to be fired, you let people sit over the weekend and contemplate whether they're going to be fired or not. No, that's not okay. Especially when the grounds for termination are just, we need to let you go. If they're being a bad quality tester and letting stuff slide, and like a lot of bugs are going past their noses, that's one thing. But if you're going to move someone out there and then just terminate them, why? Why are you doing this other than just to be a massive, terrible person? But back to the state of the company. Pretty much every other IP of Blizzard is going nowhere. Overwatch 2 has been delayed indefinitely. Major elements of its staff quit. Diablo has Diablo 4 in 
Limbo right now in development hell. While Diablo Immortal... Well... More and more is coming out about Diablo Immortal that not only does its player base hate its game, hate the game from the get-go, but it's going to be a pay-to-win nightmare. Cool. Thanks. StarCraft isn't being touched. Heroes of the Storm isn't being touched. Hearthstone is falling out of popularity as it's becoming more and more cash-grabby. The Blizzard IPs are sinking. And then that brings us to King Games, the Chinese mobile division of Activision. China is doing massive crackdowns on video games within the country. Crackdowns that I don't agree with, but they're happening. This again is also going to hurt the growth of that division of Activision immensely. When video gaming is being outlawed, you have a problem, to say the least. Maybe being outlawed, I mean like restricted to like three hours a week. It's nuts what's going on over there. So that division is also shrinking. Bobby Kotick at this point I think one way or another he's not going to be the CEO of Activision Blizzard it is only a matter of time until he no longer is at the head of Activision Blizzard it is now a matter of when Because either A, he'll do the right thing and step down, or B, there won't be an Activision Blizzard. Either way, his days are numbered. Because the company, all the ingredients are there. For the company's demise, despite how massive it is. And that brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Yes. It is also an Activision Blizzard story. And I will warn you right now. This Activision Blizzard story will probably discuss a lot of you. The following story will contain the term breast milk. If this makes you uncomfortable, take care, and I hope we catch you next time. I do not blame anyone for wanting to dip out now. Three, two, One.
Activision Blizzard employee claims she had her breast milk stolen at work. So apparently the um the maternity leave program at Activision Blizzard to the surprise of pretty much no one is uh not great. And it is not uncommon for women who recently are caring for their newborn to require a breastfeeding room. However, the breastfeeding room within Activision Blizzard offices are um, awful. The table in the room is extremely unhygienic because it is made of, quote, porous wood, which I would assume either means that it's A, press board, or B, it is untreated and unfinished wood so that milk can end up in the wood and eventually cause the wood to discolor as well as you know many other unhygienic things and the chairs there are of very low quality In addition, there are refrigerators in these rooms that have to have padlocks that are frequently not locked where the milk is stored and milk has gone missing. Keep in mind, this is breast milk that is being stolen specifically for newborns from the fridges. Now... In any work environment, the occasional oops, I accidentally grabbed your lunch sort of thing happens. I would say that's probably what happened in this case. If it weren't for the fact that the breast milk goes missing and is replaced with booze. Every week, every single week, I feel like I have read the most effed up stuff about Activision Blizzard. And every single week, I am proven wrong. How do I top this? I thought I couldn't top. I I thought I couldn't top cubicle crawls. I thought I couldn't top freaking drinking while QA testing. But now we have the, the case of the missing breast milk. 
And then, of course, you know, when you have stories like this, and you hear Activision Blizzard going lash out against federal investigators saying, how dare you create such a bad picture about us? How do you let this go on? It is absolutely stunning to just watch this company continue to make itself look worse and worse and worse and worse to see Blizzard just absolutely collapse in on themselves. And just when you think it couldn't get worse, the stories just keep topping themselves. Themselves. Now, keep in mind, this story does not have confirmation to it. This is, in fact, just a story shared by a number of different Blizzard employees. And the fact that the conditions are as bad as they are at Activision Blizzard, it would not surprise me at all if stories are in the phase of now just being made up for shock value. That could quite possibly be what this is. And if that was the case, I wouldn't run with it. But you'll want to know why I did run with it. Because at this point, when it comes to Activision Blizzard and the way they have been behaving and the way they just continue to absolutely run the worst employee environment that has ever been heard something as absolutely insane as breast milk being stolen by employees actually seems possible folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you to check out the daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb b-i-r-b briefing and check out my twitch page at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon there will be a bonus episode of eagle eyes on tech as well covering all the stories we couldn't get to today take care and i hope you have a great day and don't steal milk just don't steal especially milk
I still am in absolute disbelief that the HR and the management at, at Activision Blizzard is this bad. It still blows me away. You would think at the very least, if you were the management over at Activision Blizzard, you would want to do something, anything about clearing all this up. But nope, we're just going to let all this happen. Freaking breast milk being stolen. Are you kidding me? And you would think at least the management would want to go ahead and get some HR in there that would actually want to go ahead and not make you look like a flaming dumpster file. You would think somewhere in Activision Blizzard, there's someone who doesn't want to see their livelihood burned to the ground. You would think your own self-survival and desire to exist would kick in, but apparently not.